Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron, for that beautiful song. How it ministered to us that no matter what you're facing, you have someone that's near to you, someone that's with you on your side and fighting for your cause and the things that you can't do in your own self. Glory to God. We have a Father in heaven who made the heavens and the earth and can come down and reach and touch and minister to us and to minister to the situations that we're facing. I am so glad it's not left just to me because I can't do much. Amen? He'll use me, but he's the one that actually makes things happen. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Just thank the Lord for being so good to us. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's pray for today's message. I'm so excited to deliver it. I was studying it last night. I go, this is a good message. This is a good message. I hope I can get it out to you so that you can be encouraged, enlightened, and ready for the battle. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we come before you today, that, Lord, we are here with open hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. Guide my mouth, guide my heart to speak your words, to encourage your people. In Jesus' name we pray and all agreed said, amen. Amen. Go ahead, stretch your hands towards me right now and just say, say, Father, help this man. <laughs> Preach your word <laughs> in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I need you to talk back too. Uh, Bindi said that's kind of dangerous because she does blurt out things that, you know, sometimes we have to filter. But good thing she's in the back, so maybe not everybody can hear her. But it is good to, you know, uh, preaching is like a uh, dialogue. It's not just a monologue. I like to hear what you're saying. I like to see what you're feeling. So uh, we're going to talk today about something that's on a lot of people's minds. A lot of people want to know what is happening. Are we in the last days? And if we are, what are we supposed to do? So the title is How to Live for God in the End Times. I mean, this is something we want to know because some of us say, well, if the Lord's coming soon, I need to empty out my 401k and start going on vacation, start having a good time because, you know, why waste it? Should we empty out our bank accounts and, and, and go to Europe and travel and do all that? Do I need to get my life right or do I have a couple more years to, you know, play around? So we want to know, is this the last time? But Jesus didn't, you know, answer it that way. He said, just be ready at all times. You never know when Jesus is coming. You never know when you're going to go see Jesus. <laughs> he may call you before he comes. So we have to be aware of that. So we're going to look at the Bible and the indicators about what Jesus said about it because the disciples asked him, what is the end time? What is the sign of your coming? When are you coming back? So let's look at it on uh, this slide here. It says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Notice they, went, he, they wanted to get the inside scoop. They, Jeez, tell us, when is the last days? What, what will be the sign of your coming? And what is the end of the age? Now, Jesus is interesting because he doesn't answer him right away. He, he wants to talk to him a little bit. He wants to teach him a little bit about some things. Uh, but he, he goes through 33 verses and then at the end, 36 verse, he tells him. And, and I, I don't like to wait that long. I don't know about you. But I scrolled down since it's written, and I found out what the answer was. 
I do this at home. Have you ever do this when there's a true story on TV or on Netflix, and it's a sad story? And I'm going, are they going to get out of it? I don't know. I'm going to go to my iPhone and find out. So I go to the iPhone, find out what happens. Did the boy die? Did the dog live? What happened? And so my family says, don't tell us what happened. Don't, we want to go through the intrigue. I go, I don't want to. I, I want to know, does it work out in the end? Praise God. And we know in our story, the Lord wins. Amen. The devil never wins at the end. We're on the right team. And the end of the story is God wins and we do win too. Praise God. Amen. So I dropped down and said, and Jesus said this, no one knows the day or the hour, neither the angel, angels, not the Son of Man, but only the Father. So he, in verse 36, he says, I don't know. Amazing that Jesus would say that to him, right? I don't know. So if anybody's trying to guess, Jesus is coming back in 1988. Jesus is coming back in 1989. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. You don't know. You can do all your math. You can do all your figuring. You don't know. Even Jesus doesn't know. So, but he did say, if we go back up to the top of the page, uh, top of the chapter, he does tell us some signs and what to do during these signs. You ready for it? Yes. Amen. That's a part, yeah, you, yeah, very good, Bindi, yes. Are you ready for it? Yes. yes. Amen. <laughs> so Jesus answered them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. The first thing we have to recognize, take heed to yourself. Don't worry about what's happening on the outside. Don't worry about all the tribulations and the trials. Don't worry about what's happening. Take care of yourself. What's happening on the inside of you? Amen? That's the important thing. How is my relationship with Jesus? How is my passion for God? How, how am I taking heed to myself? What am, am I looking into my heart? How am I living for him? Am I consecrated? Am I living a holy life? Is my mind clear? Is my heart after God? Am I following after him? Am I desiring him? Do I have a relationship with him? That's what you have to be concerned about. Not what's happening, because we're going to talk about this. There's a lot of things that are happening that will trouble us. But Jesus said, I don't want you to be troubled. I don't want you to take heart in this thing. I want you to concern yourself with your relationship with me. So there is a lot of deception out there. The Apostle Peter said it this way in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Above all, you must understand in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following after their own evil desires. Do we have scoffers out there? All you have to do is look on the TV and the internet. People are mocking God, mocking the principles of God, what we stand for, what Jesus has told us to do. And it's opposite of what the gospel teaches. They ridicule the things of God. They make us try to make us look like we're silly, we're old-fashioned and all that stuff. He said, don't worry about that. And, you know, the reason why we have such a display of scoffers, is we have the TV, we have internet, we have social media. People can be in authority and say all kinds of crazy things. People will back them up, and it'll affect us. And it'll make us think, well, am I right? I am I supposed to live for God? Am I supposed to follow him? So there's some things that used to be honorable, now is not honorable. Things that we used to hide, used to be hidden, now it's out in the open and everybody takes pleasure in it and say, oh, well, you know, they're having this or they're doing that. Oh, come on, give me a break. 
<laughs> I'm watching TV sometimes and I say, are you really serious in what you're saying? That you can change your gender? You can say God made a mistake. I want to be a boy. I want to be a girl. What are you thinking? How can you possibly have that in your mind? I, I don't understand it. It's rejecting God, and all of a sudden, we don't have a moral compass to determine what's right and what's wrong. And so anyone in this climate, we're prime targets for scoffers. Scoffers make fun. They profess to be wise, but they're only fools. So Jesus said, take heed. Don't let that sway you. Don't let that deceive you. Stay strong, okay? The Apostle Paul warns us this way. In the last days... There will be perilous times. Peril. I looked up that word perilous. It not only means dangerous, it means fierce. It means violent. It means, uh, you know, scary times. And, and, and people, uh, it's like that word was used describing the maniac of Gadara. And he, you couldn't come near him because he would grab you, he would beat you, he would throw you down, he would kill you. So people stayed away. That's what it's like out there. I'm afraid to go outside sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I need to be circumspect. We had an incident here just the other day. Someone was in a car asking for help. And so the man went outside to help him. And the woman grabbed his necklace and tore it off of his neck and, ran, and took off in the car. We're going like, what is going on? Crazy people out here. In the last days. There will be perilous times. We have to be careful, right? Now, here's the type of people that will be here. You ready to hear? Ready for this list? And, and tell me if you know of any of these people. For men will be lovers of themselves. <laughs> lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Do you know anybody like that? All you have to do is watch the internet. People talking about how great they are, how you know, much money they've accumulated, and all these. They're not after God. Now, the next thing is disobedience to parents. I, I, I found that funny to, that they would put that in there. God wants us to be obedient to our parents, for the children and for the adults. I know with my father I, and my mother, I obeyed them. Well, you know, best I could. <laughs> but I wasn't disrespectful, you know. Kids nowadays, like, they tell their mom and dad, no, I don't want to do it, no. Or I'll do it, and they don't do it. But God wants us to be obedient. Now, look at this list of four un-people. Un Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Who, who wants to hang around with those people? You've heard of the uncola? This is the, the unthankful, the unholy, the unloving, the unforgetful. Who, who could be friends with these people? And then the next group, right? Slanderers without self-control. Brutal. Brutal. That word, brutal? It is getting brutal out there, isn't it? People shooting people for crazy things. You got my order wrong. You took my parking spot. You, you, you can't get on anybody's bad side. They're, they're despisers of good. Do you know anybody like this? St stay away from them. Okay, the next thing is in verse 6. 
He said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but watch this. Here it is. Do not be troubled. And the word troubled means to be agitated. Don't let an agitation spirit come upon you. You know, people are, agi- people are mad at these people, one group of people, or, or uh, hateful towards one or the other. They're fighting against one another on the n- internet back and forth. I've lost friends on the internet just stating what I believe. Okay, well, we're, we can't have any of that. I'm defriending you. What? <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> I gave to your ministry. What are you talking about? <laughs> but he, Jesus said, don't be worried about what's out there, what's going on. Are you on fire for God? Are you praying? Are you living right? Are you passionate towards Jesus? That's the first thing. Second thing is, don't be filled with agitation. Don't be filled with fear. Don't be filled with trouble. Do not trouble, the Lord said. Praise God. Do we live in a state of agitation? He said, I don't want you to be troubled. He said, these things are going to happen. It's going to come to pass. You can't stop it. This is the end of the time. We are in the last days. How long are the last days? I don't know. Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But be ready, be stable, be what? Passionate towards God. Take heed to yourself. Don't be troubled about these things. Because, you know, the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace that much more. That gives me comfort. Because there's two kingdoms in operation right now, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of Satan is rising. There's things that are being done now that we would never, ever have ever dreamed are possible. And yet, in the kingdom of God, there's some great miracles that are happening that we've never seen before as well. So there's two kingdoms that are rising, and they're going to meet on the final day, the day of Armageddon, and guess what? We win. I like that. I would like to go to a football game and say, I know we're going to win. It don't look good. We're down, but we are going to win. Praise God. So the third thing, so what, what do we have so far? We want to take heed to ourselves. We don't want to be troubled. We don't want to be agitated. We want to be worked up. Then the third thing is because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. That's frightening, isn't it? Yes. The lo- because iniquity shall abound, the love of, men, of, mon- of many shall wax cold. So he says there is iniquity in the world. And iniquity is worse than just sin. Sin is missing the mark. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, forgive me. I, I didn't mean to do that. But iniquity goes deeper. It's knowing what you're supposed to do, and then you don't do it. It's knowing you should avoid something, and you go ahead right through and do it. And you continue in it. It's iniquity. That was the devil. The iniquity was found in him. Some people are perpetual liars. Have you known those people? And you tell them, you call them out, you say, you know, I caught you in a lie. Why did you say that? Oh, I'm sorry. And then they go and do it again. And they just keep on doing it. They just live in that. That's iniquity. And it's in our society right now. And, but look what it says. The third thing is when you see iniquity, abounding. See, abounding means it's convenient. It's easy to do. It's acceptable. Oh, no one's going to notice. I'm just going to do it. I, I'm just going to live this way. It's acceptable. It's abounding. It's convenient. But the third essential is that you endure to the end. What does that mean? That means you stay strong. That means you don't give in. That means you, you, you see things that you could do, but you don't do. 
Praise the Lord. Let me see if I have a list of these things. It means, uh, to endure means to stand. It means to not quit. It means that you're willing to stand against everything and everything that comes. You know, in Christianity, we enjoy being together, right? And that's wonderful. But then there's an enduring as well. You have to endure situations and temptations. You can't give in to it. Now, we know... Uh, Joseph took a stand against Potiphar's wife. She was seducing him and trying to bring him, you know, into iniquity, into sin. He resisted. He refused. He ran away. Isn't that good news? You have to make a decision before you get the temptation what you're going to do. Yeah. I, I, I purpose in my heart not to sin against you, yeah. you know. And, and you should have that check. When you make a decision and you have a temptation, there's a check in your heart. No, 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 I, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. Praise God. Now, now uh, Samson, how did he do? Now, he wasn't hardly resisting at all, was he? He just gave in to it. Whatever, you know, I'll just go wherever I need to go, do whatever I need to do. And, and, but how about you? How's your life? Any, any, amen? So, so we, we, we have here, take heed to yourself. Don't be troubled. Endure to the end. Don't compromise. Don't grow cold, but endure. So the fourth thing, in all this, this is amazing. In all this, it says that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. What? We, we can't just sit back and say, oh, no, well, you know, the world's a mess. I'm just going to wait for Jesus. Oh, no, oh, no. Jesus said, you need to occupy till I come. You need to continue to preach the gospel because the gospel must be preached in all the world before I come back. So who's, who's going to do the preaching? We are, right? I mean, we're on tele, television and uh, we're on radio and, and there's, the gospel is being preached, but you need to preach it individually to people. You need to talk to them heart to heart. I heard this one story. I couldn't believe it. This guy uh, who was a minister, his son went to start a church back in the south and uh, they told him, you, you don't need to look for a building. You start in a little small group, and then you build. And the son said, no, I didn't do it that way. I got a church. I got a building, and I started, and people came. And so they said, uh, uh, he said, okay, Dad, I'll do it that way. And when he applied to get a building, he had to get a zone permit change. And you know how long that takes. It takes months and they only meet once a month. And so he was thinking in his mind, this is going to take forever. I'm going down there and just put my application in. And when he got there, the girl at the desk said, what are you doing here? Uh, you're supposed to mail that in and we'll look at it and we'll decide. And, you know, what are you doing here? And she was very short with him. And he said this, and I'm going to start using this. And she said, he said to her, do you know there's a God in heaven that loves you and wants to be with you forever? She said, what? No one's ever told me that before. She said, well, let me see your paperwork. And she looked at the paperwork. She called somebody in from the back. And this guy comes in, and he wants to know if he can get, apply for this uh, zone change. And the supervisor said, oh, he said to the supervisor, do you know that God loves you, that God cares for you, and he wants to spend eternity with you? Really? I never heard that. So he took the paperwork in the back room, and he said, it's going to take a while. He came back in a half hour. He said, I took care of it. He said, but what about the $10,000, you know, fee that I have to pay? He said, I waived that. He said, I'm, I'm the supervisor here. You're approved. It's done. I said, what? 
the gospel needs to be preached wherever we go, all over the world. Amen? The Bible says the harvest is white and that we need to go and reap the harvest. Praise God. People need to hear our voice, need to hear our heart in, in bringing them together. Now, the, the last thing that we need to do, and then we're going to go on a little bit farther than that, but in the last days, this is uh, prophesied in Daniel chapter 11, in the midst of all this tribulation, in the midst of all this turmoil, Here's what it's being said about us, the children of God. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. You're going to do great exploits in the midst of the end times, in the midst of what of the Satan is doing. God said, I'm believing and trusting in you that if you know me, I will do great exploits through you. Praise God. Now, how do we do that? You might ask. How do we do that? How do we do that? Thank you. That's why you're on the front row, Cecilia. <laughs> you guys are ready to say, okay, well, whatever. No. How, 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 how do we do that? Let's look at it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, this is where it gets exciting. You ready to get excited? Good, bring it. Okay, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the woman of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's how you do it. Well, let me break it down a little bit more. You want me to break it down? Yeah. Yes, good. The Bible says that the writers of the scriptures were God-inspired. What does that mean? God breathed his breath into them. And as they wrote, it was God-ordained. Uh, the breath, the life of God is in the scriptures. How do you describe that? You know when you blow up a balloon? You blow it up, and it comes out, and your elements, your DNA, your essence is in the balloon. God breathed into the book of life and gave us life that when we receive it, it becomes life to us. Amen? It's not just a history book. It's just not a book about doctrine. It's actually the living word of God that as we put it in our heart, it does some things. It does at least three things. Do you want to know? Good. I'm glad. <laughs> First, it gives us the ability to do creative things. God is a very creative God. He made the heavens and the earth, did he not? All the world and everything that's in it. He was creative, very creative. He didn't make one dog. He made like, what, 700 kinds of dogs, species, big, little, short, all, cats, all kinds of cats, fishes. You can hardly even name all the fishes. When you go to Hawaii and you go snorkeling, you go like, wow, ooh, ha. How did, got blue coming out and fins and, you know, all, it's just skinny fish, fat fish. It's amazing. So uh, that ability is on the inside of you. 
God's creative ability, his life is on the inside of us to do great feats, to come up with situations and, and things that will be creative in bringing people to the Lord and solving your, your problems. How many of you need some creative ideas to solve your problems? Amen. You get to the end of your problem, you go like, I don't know what else to do. Lord, help me. He said, I'm going to give you a creative idea. Praise God. First thing is that he'll give you creative ID. Second thing is the breath of life gives us melody in our hearts. Praise God. A song, a dance, a hymn. In Ephesians 5.19 says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. There's a, there's a song that's in your heart. The Bible says, sing unto me a new song. Sing it from your heart, from a, a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of joy, a heart of love for God and for his people. Praise God. And so you can have music. People can come around you and just feel happy just knowing that there's music. You know, I saw a lady, uh, we were over at uh, Sprouts the other day, and this lady, she just looked so peaceful. She looked so restful. I said, wow, are you, are you a Christian? You have such a peace about you. She said, yes, I am, by the way. <laughs> I go, well, do you have peace? She says, yes, I do. I go, well, praise God. It, it, it warmed my heart to see somebody happy. <laughs> Sometimes you see people so miserable, you wonder, like, are you okay? <laughs> do you need some help? You need, like, a transfusion or something? But anyway, we can have beautiful music in our hearts and minister to those around us. In fact, my son, he's having a, uh, a legal meeting. His uh, legal buddies are getting together today. And one of the ladies whom we know says, is Pastor Chuck going to be there? I want to I talk to him some more. It's like, wow, you know, here's the legal you know, mind and here's the spiritual guy. And she just sees music in my heart She's, and with my wife as well. And we're going to go and just bless him with beautiful music from the, the life and the word of God. Amen. So do you have that? You, you, you want to have that in your heart? The third thing is the breath of God is a sweet-smelling savior, savor. Amen? It, it's a fragrance. In, in, in uh, Ephesians, he says, He spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the sweet aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. Amen? Amen? You smell good. <laughs> There's a fragrance. You know, I've seen people that have prayed real hard, and this fragrance of roses would be in the room. Have you ever had that experience? I never had it, but I've heard people talk about it. I knew somebody that talked about it. So, you know, it, Jesus is the rose of Sharon, and we have a fragrance about us. We have an odor, a perfume, if, if I could say it that way, that people get around us, and they just feel good. So, the life of God that's in the Word. Number one, it releases divine creativity in our lives. Secondly, the Word of God, when it's open and brought into our house, brings the music of heaven into our lives, and it'll bring the perfume of heaven into our life, and it will change everything. Now, this is good news, isn't it? Now, as we go a little farther, it gets even better. Amen. I, I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> Scripture is given... By the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for correction. And I thought, oh, who wants to be corrected? I don't want to. Anybody want to be corrected? No. Just, you, you don't mind being corrected? But be easy on me, right? <laughs> but that word correction has a different connotation. It means to make one upright. 
per- people that have fallen down or have fallen back, he makes them upright. He makes them be able to stand on their feet again. Yeah, do you need to get up on your feet again? Have you been slapped down? Has life you know, tr- mistreated you? And you need to get your life back on course? That's what that is. People that are knocked flat, he sets them back up right on their feet. So if society around you has knocked you down, the Word of God is saying that He has the power to pick you up. No matter how bad things are, you know, David, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Word, in the Lord. Amen? Amen? We have to encourage ourselves. Get into our rooms and I find peace knowing you. Now, as I conclude, you ready for me to conclude? Have you got enough? How about, how about icing on the cake? Okay, good. Okay, so it says here that the man or woman may be thoroughly furnished to do every good work. That means you're equipped. You're furnished. You have all the mechanisms that you need. And it's relating, it's a technical term. It's a boating term, meaning, you know, you can have a ship that goes out and it can barely get by. You know, it doesn't have any oars, doesn't have any sails. It's kind of like just a little boat that's out there. And if a storm comes, it can't do anything about it. If waves come, they can't, if the wind comes, they can't fight it. But in this thoroughly equipped means you got everything. You got the oars, you got the wind, the sails. You got everything that you need to overcome every situation that you're facing. You'll be thoroughly equipped. How many of you want to be thoroughly equipped? Amen. Put the word of God in your life. Put it in your heart. It is a life from God that will cause you to overcome every situation that you're facing. You won't worry about what's happening in the world. They're going to do their own thing. We need to do our thing and watch God work. Amen? So we know in the days ahead, there will be what? Perilous times, dangerous times, fierce times. There'll be scoffers making fun of us teasing us and saying that we're old-fashioned, we're fuddy-duddies, we're holier than thou. Let them say what they want. There'll be iniquity abounding. It'll be readily available. People will be so easy to sin and do all the wickedness that they want to do. You can't stop them. It's going to happen. But Jesus said, keep your mind on these five things. You ready for it? Bring it. It is. Let's say it together. Take heed to yourselves. Number two. Don't be troubled. Number three, endure to the end. Number four, preach the gospel. Five, do great exploits. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to do that? Well, I hope this message has comforted you and given you peace in these final days. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for giving us words of encouragement during these end times, so that we may know how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to be uh, joined to you and let your word direct and guide us these days. We're not going to be troubled. We're not going to be swayed, but we're going to trust and believe in you. So, Father, as we're here, give us that encouragement. Give us that word to be all that we can be in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For those of you that are at home, if you have not accepted the Lord, This would be a good time to do that. God is waiting for you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to be with you. So just repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I receive him in my heart. The forgiveness of sins 
and allow him to direct me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that's a simple prayer, but it'll change a person's life. We had one lady that told me about her uh, friend that was uh, raised in China and finally accepted the Lord despite her father and mother not wanting her to be a Christian. She fought through that, accepted the Lord, been listening to our videos, and through constant encouragement, made that step to accept the Lord. Amen? Amen. And then, so those of you that you say, you know what, I ha I, I've kind of swayed, I've gone away, you can get right back into fellowship with the Lord. Amen? Just repeat after me. Say, Father God, receive me as I am. Forgive me of all my sins. Regain unto me the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.